of Base News Network. I'm Sophie, aka Jonah Varka, and I'm here with Kayo, aka Punk Revolution. Now say hi, Kayo. Hello. Good um day. Good, good day. day. Good, good day. day, sir. Good day, madam. Oh, thank you. Good day, madam president. I mean, if good. Barbie taught us anything, yes. the president is a woman. Every single Amen, day. Sister. Every single night I've gone, every single night since seeing Barbie, every, uh, I just close my eyes and I imagine that I'm in Barbie world and I fall asleep really quick because I feel peaceful. <laughs> Barbie world is basically Kayo's idea of utopia. If you ever want to know exactly what my political views are on any topic, just think like, what would this be like in Barbie world? And True. that's my, that's what I yeah. want. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll get into Alan, our king, but... I think the writers took a little bit of inspiration from Punk Revolution Now's YouTube channel. So are you planning on pursuing any legal action or are you just flattered? Well, the punk the in in Barbie World and the Punk Revolution, we are just are so we are just so fixated right. on overthrowing patriarchy, we're willing to share ideas. Amen. So, so I did do a everybody go on my YouTube channel and please watch my Barbie movie is a feminist masterpiece video i feel like that video i'm proud of it so go watch it anywho so today is our very special barbenheimer episode yay um we were both super excited to record this episode we've been anticipating both of these films much like everyone else for a super long time it's really become a cultural event which I find really exciting. I don't think we've had like a cultural event like this in a while. Like when it comes to like movies or like like art or culture, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting because I'm usually, you know, a contrarian. Where if there's some sort of like a lot of hype around a certain thing, I just can't help but have a knee jerk reaction. Where I think differently for some reason, but I think in this case. The the cultural phenomenon of these two movies coming out was, if anything, understated. That's my contrary intake. Yeah. Was like, every, obviously there's a million memes. Obviously, anything everyone t- talked about for the past like three weeks is Barbenheimer. I think both these movies are so damn good. Right. And both these movies are so like insanely like high dif- profile. Yeah. Well, super different. Yet yeah. Really anticipated like these are much anticipated films from pretty well-known directors yet they have like a polar opposite look like mood and they tackle vastly different subject matter so it makes it especially fun and and novel yeah yeah and i i know this like i i just I know this is stuff that literally everyone already knows because there's a million memes about it. Everyone knows that they're very different. Everyone knows they're coming out the same day. I just want to like, I, I just want to double, I wish there was a way I could just double down. Like everything you're hearing about it is true, yeah. but then multiply by a hundred. 
Wow. That's what I'm trying that's to say. That's high praise. I'm so I'm like my my contrarian take is that like everyone is correct but they don't realize how correct they are. Yeah. It's nice to have something to look forward to and it, it felt like a holiday, you know? It it felt really special. Mm. Everyone was dressed up, at least for Barbie, not so much Oppenheimer, although I did attempt to dress up. You know, it gave p- people a reason to go out with their friends or go out and dress up and uh, get excited about something, which I, I really appreciate. It's it's fun. I think that there should be more events like this or, or, or moments like this in our culture because it makes things a lot more exciting when we can really like feel this collective excitement for something and dress up for it and really like get excited for it I don't know like I felt like maybe I was in like Argentina and Brazil and it's like the world cup you know what I mean like there's like this sense of excitement and like pride and and uh festivity yeah I think um with like streaming services now like if you want to get people to yeah. go to the theater you know, you got to make it like a really fun special event. That's you know, so true. The, the experience of going to the movie. And like streaming movies, it's fine. It's convenient. But there's something special about going to the theater. It's at like one AMC Nicole Kidman ad where it's like, going to the movies is special. Mm-hmm. We all come together to watch something that makes us feel something. You know, that one commercial, right? It's yeah. like a meme, at least on Stan Twitter. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I really do agree. I think that watching... A film in a theater is is far superior would you agree i think for a few reasons yeah yeah and you know i feel like these two movies they deserve it well especially barbie because like barbie well uh, you know because barbie like it's such like a over-the-top epic feminist film yeah that like seeing that experience in a in a giant room filled with women like just takes the yeah. How like, was that for you, Kayo? It was really good. It was good. It was it was cute. It was like you know like I you know like the, the, the there was like some funny you know feminist monologues and then like the women in the theater would like snap or, or they'd whatever. clap and or like Alan would say something cute and a lot of women left like, in tears, yeah. including my mother who was not with us, but she informed me this. Sorry, mom, for exposing you. Mm. but yeah I totally agree I mean like I was gonna say like there are a few reasons why I think seeing something in a theater is more special one you have to make the commitment to do it it's an event to like it's like an ordeal to get to the theater to get the tickets it it makes it feel more special then you get to like have a little special treat while you watch it the screen is huge, so it's really immersive. It's sort of like a collective experience. And there are no phones, so like, you know, we all kind of just have like an urge to like go on our phone, even if we're watching something good. So yeah. I just feel like hyper focused on the film. That's all I'm thinking about is the movie. They need to make a they need to make a movie theater that plays CNN all the time on a movie theater <laughs> on, on a big screen. That would be like heaven for you. I would pay I would pay ten dollars a day to go watch the news. I feel like in the movie Pearl, that was like a thing. Like they, people went to like the movies to watch the news Mm. and that actually might've been a thing. I'm, I don't really know though, but anyway, I want to be in a theater with a bunch of women. And then when Trump comes on and does something dumb, we're all like, yeah, that's that, that was, that was literally what watching Barbie was like. It it, it really was. It really was. 
Um, when they showed the patriarchy. Yeah. So just a disclaimer, right? Like we are going to be talking about both films and we're going to get into some spoilers, I presume. So if you haven't seen either of the films, I would recommend waiting to listen to this episode later. We're going to talk about Barbie first and then get into Oppenheimer. So if you've seen Barbie, you can watch this part and you haven't seen Oppenheimer, blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. So just a spoiler warning. Of course we're going to put Barbie first because that would be the feminist thing Barben, to do. Barbin. Barbin. Barbenheimer. Yeah. Okay. And we also did see Barbie yeah. first and then Oppenheimer. So it makes sense. Yeah. And also Barbie is, um, in terms of like, box office is outperforming Oppenheimer, which doesn't and matter, but they're both I really don't well. think that's much of a surprise because yeah. it's definitely more accessible and also it appeals to like a lot of different people. Like in primarily like children are gonna go see Barbie probably versus probably not Oppenheimer. So it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Barbie is definitely more accessible. Um besides for conservatives who are that too doesn't dumb make it to like grasp. And that doesn't make Barbie like less good like or like less yeah. uh smart for being more accessible mm-hmm. or anything like that mm-hmm. tell it tell yes. it we learned this from bible girl tell it i think um i know we're gonna kind of because we we, we want to like do a deep dive of barbie first yeah but I, I would say i do think both movies i guess we'll start with barbie barbie we'll start with barbie barbie has i think very good politics obviously like i mean I, actually that's not so obvious because i think there's this idea whenever you go and see a movie um usually i mean okay there's a few things i i actually don't think movies usually have very good politics um <laughs> like what kind of movies like marvel like marvel well, is just like <laughs> military I guess what propaganda I gonna, what i was gonna what i was gonna say is like first off like i think there's this notion that like movies will never truly have like an authentically left-wing like political message right. because they're like a they're like literally a you know it requires like a hundred million dollars of a capitalist investment and it's all about profit which is true yeah but i was gonna say for oppenheimer and we'll get to that later i feel like they do a pretty good job of making the communists in oppenheimer seem really chill and cool but in barbie I think I thought they did a pretty good. Like I think their I think their portrayal of like f- you know feminist ideals was like you know pretty self aware and entertaining and like yeah maybe not like in super insightful or new but it was like I thought it was like a healthy like a good I, feminist. I agree. I mean, I also think that the feminism in Barbie was a little bit. Um, about a, kind of a fantasy much like barbie itself you know what i mean i think that the wokeness of barbie was tongue-in-cheek a little bit i think that the, like like there was truth to what they were saying but it was done in a way that was like a little bit um cringe to like some people if that makes sense like there's like a lot of like feminist cliches like millennial cliches in the movie but it doesn't bother me because i, I it feels self-aware to me and I, mm-hmm. I genuinely think the movie is really smart. And ultimately, I don't know. I didn't think about the politics of it as much as, like, to me, this movie was an interesting 
thoughtful reflection on American women's relationship to Barbie, like both the good and the bad of that. Mm-hmm. Like where does Barbie, where's Barbie's place in an, an evolving world that we live in right now? Like what is, what, how do we see Barbie? Like what's, I think it's like about women's like collective memory slash like relationship to Barbie. Damn. Yeah. Well, that's all true. I guess just hearing you kind of say that just makes me think like, you know, they did a good job like packing all these pretty abstract, like postmodern kind of thoughtful things into this really goofy movie. Yeah. And I feel like that was the best way they could have possibly done it. A straightforward movie about Barbie doing things is not that interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like for like, what if the movie was about Barbie saves like Mattel from going out of business or, or like, you know what I mean? Like something boring like that even. I don't know. I'm really glad they did it this way. I think this is like the smartest possible way they could have done it because mm-hmm. the most interesting thing to think about, at least in my mind, is women and girls have a extremely like complicated and nuanced relationship to Barbie because, you know, and the film makes this point, Barbie helped introduce the idea that girls could be anything they wanted. They could be doctors, construction workers, the president, but they could also be like pretty, pretty and glamorous at the same time. Um, But this, the movie also makes this point that that, that dream is not always attainable because we still live under patriarchy. So no, just because Barbie represented that idea that there is more to girls future besides motherhood um those that didn't fix the systemic problems at all like it it gave hope but it didn't it didn't fix everything Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. complicated yeah yeah i think what my favorite part of the movie i mean what there's many favorite parts but one thing i think was like genius is like okay so if you talk to like um, like a, a, a man in the United States who's like feminism skeptical, maybe they're a little conservative, you know, we like just like a random Reddit guy who's like doesn't like feminism because he like re- browses like Reddit a lot. SJW and like, cringe. Yeah, he thinks it's SJW cringe. A lot of those guys are going to say patriarchy doesn't actually exist. Like they will say patriarchy doesn't exist anymore or it's just like a feminist lie used to like you know, and women actually have a lot of advantages, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, that's BS. But what I love so much about this film is what it does is by having the alternate universe of Barbie world where femi- where, where patriarchy actually doesn't exist. It's a matriarchy. And it's yeah. a matriarchy. And then they go to the real world. And then it's just like they show you like how actually shocking it would be to like be in a world where no patriarchy exists and then you come to our current re- our current reality and then like it's just overwhelmingly like in your face patriarchy and how like shocking it is it's like we're so used to patriarchy that a lot of guys don't even think it exists but then i right. love how the movie it's like yeah. what, it's actually we we the patriarchy is so overwhelming it's literally like we don't notice it anymore it's bog it's mind boggling so i thought that was like brilliant that's like you know of like a you know that's yeah, there's like this super funny scene where Ken discovers patriarchy and it's it changes his his life. And yeah. that's really fun. Like it's just like a yeah. super funny scene, but it's it's true to think about like if you were essentially an alien 
who let's say they're aliens and there's men and women and like a matriarchal society discovers a patriarchal society society that's going to be mind-blowing and crazy but like super i mean empowering for some (laughs) for men for men exactly yeah yeah so that was really fun and I feel like there's more to to like women's complicated relationship with Barbie too because growing up I had a friend whose parents didn't let her play with Barbies because of how Barbie looked. Cuz Barbie's like super skinny, blonde, beautiful, whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unattainable body. Quite literally like she has a mound where her crotch is, you know what I mean, and like has these uh arched feet. It's not realistic at all. Mm-hmm. So so while Barbie allowed girls to dream of a future beyond motherhood, it it placed certain standards that were harmful upon them. So it's it's a complicated relationship, and you see this with um, the like middle school girl rem- who's like not into Barbie anymore and like calls Barbie a fascist. You know, uh, it, it shows like her understanding of Barbie that's like sort of gen z pilled where she's like yeah barbie's capitalist and barbie's makes us feel bad about our bodies and stuff like that whereas like the mother the the mom in the movie may have seen barbie as empowering Mm, yeah oh god it's just like yet another really interesting smart thing that it's like managing to tastefully express it really is like the generational differences and i almost think that this movie was more poignant for women like gen x women maybe millennials too like hearing from my mom who cried during the movie by the way because she related so deeply to to that that Mm -hmm. feeling Mm -hmm. of not not quite knowing where barbie fits in her life because i don't know like barbie is almost every girl has some relationship to Barbie because of how pervasive she is in like female culture, right? Like you really can't avoid it. Even if you're a tomboy who who doesn't, who played with Legos instead of Barbies, I played with both anyway. (laughs) And now she's bisexual. Exactly. (laughs) So it's, I don't know, like every, every girl has, some relationship with barbie so i don't know i think this this is like a really like interesting meditation on that like like how do we relate to barbie and like how our understanding of barbie depends on like what generation we belong you know what i mean yeah and you know what's so cool too is that like and you kind of kind of commented on this like a lot of the feminist insights throughout this movie sometimes it feels like a little bit cliche cheesy it does but but like for a lot of like gen x women that that that's like not cheesy first off no that's that's a really good point and and that's a really good point and also to appease the gen z people who it feels corny to they have a lot of like kind of ironic like self-aware humor to like kind of help the cheesiness be digested more easily and it's true because across different generations women have different ideas about feminism so it sort yeah. of reconciles all of them i mean not quite but it, it it makes an attempt to sort of acknowledge all of that yeah yeah so like feminism 
for like Gen X women or Gen or millennial women and for like Gen Z women means something a little different and Barbie plays a role in all of those generations so I thought it was a really smart movie I think people are going to dismiss this as like overly woke not that they're like anti-woke but they just find it like cringe and cliche and they're they're going to think it's like cringe and like stupid or not very thoughtful but I think it's actually very smart yep yep and I do want to just take a moment to say you know hypothetically you know because I I don't want to make even though a lot of it does kind of I don't want to give the vibe that this movie is just something that's going to be only enjoyable to women or something that's only enjoyable to people who have like a relationship with Barbie if you're if if Barbie was like like if this movie was called like you know Cinderella or something like that like was completely not about Barbie and if you're just like a, a random guy going into the movie like take all of this like analysis away it's still just like a really really funny and entertaining movie even for like for everybody just because it's just a well done movie and it doesn't leave men behind in fact it really does examine the place of men in the society in general yeah 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 oh yeah i mean i've seen people on twitter suggest that maybe like ken was like the best part of the whole movie actually and honestly I agree as far as like enjoying the movie and like laughing. I think the funniest parts of the movie involved Ken. That was like the most entertaining part for me. Yeah. And wow. Ryan Gosling is incredible. He yeah. really sells it. Who really does? He makes the role really special. Mm-hmm. The acting throughout this film was really phenomenal because yeah. they had to, even though it sounds simplistic to be like a plastic doll, there's actually so, there's so much like, evolution of each character throughout the movie you need to be plastic and stiff but not too plastic and stiff to turn the audience off like there's a lot of subtlety lots of really amazing attention to detail throughout this movie obviously with the costume designs and sets and everything i like that it pays tribute to the history of barbie and i guess going back into generational stuff right because there are a lot of like avid barbie collectors and fans who are aware of these things and I am because, I don't know, I think I have a lot of, like, pop culture knowledge in general and, like, this interests me. So, like, I knew a lot of the references they were making to, like, very real Barbie accessories and clothes and eras of Barbie. I like that it paid homage homage to that and sort of explained, like, how those specific items or, or toys fit into their respective cultures or eras you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the ba- skipper the babysitter who's like breast grew if you like moved her hand up to like show like i don't know they showed like this was a joke but they also did show like rejected barbies like cringe barbies but in a really fun and smart way too yeah 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 it's definitely interesting how you know this is also a movie that mattel like helped finance and produce and worked. I thought that was interesting too given that this movie does feature a lot of like self-aware criticisms of Mattel and kind of makes Mattel seem a little bit like the bad guys a bit where all the board of directors are men of Mattel yeah you know? It's, it's kind of an interesting strategy because, well, one, you know, it, it could just absolutely be the case that Mattel in 2023 has very liberal politics, you know, and wants to make these 
you know, kind of self-aware critiques. Yeah. Uh, two, it, it does also, though, you can't help but wonder, like, well, maybe Mattel is just kind of doing this self-aware critique thing to improve, <laughs> like, our, you know, like, uh, like interpretation and the, Mattel's reputation, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think they're willing to put up with the criticism, the self-criticism, because they know ultimately the benefit is going to outweigh the the disadvantage of that. Yeah. Yes, they do yeah. criticize their leadership as being like completely male. They do criticize capitalism and pro- mass production stuff like that. They do say those things, but ultimately they're the ones who are going to be making a shit ton of money from this movie. There's going to be there's like insane amount of merchandise and like collabs and stuff like that. This movie is going to make them a shit ton of money. They helped produce it. So in the Mm -hmm. end, they're going to make a lot of money. Barbie will be in everyone's mouths. Yeah. So they're not losing a lot. No, I don't think they're losing anything because I think this movie helps their reputation. It does. It does because it shows they're like willing to criticize. Yeah. It's like when people like now when people hear Mattel, they're less likely to think, oh, that brand that exploits women's insecurities. And they think, oh, it's that epic woke brand that's like really actually knows like the feminist tea. <laughs> Maybe, you know? yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. No, 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 no. It's true. It's true. It, it, it's definitely a smart move for them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that, that's like a criticism I've seen that people have thrown around. Not so much a criticism, more like a snarky observation that this whole movie is just like a Barbie and, and like chevy advertisement like as if like no shit as if that like you know we're supposed to like dislike it more like dislike it more because it's like it it, it's about you know it's like i don't know how to tell it to you but like you know every movie is yeah every movie's for profit every movie's like for profit that's just how the industry is yeah and i mean we talked about that in the previous episode with like the strikes going on Yeah. yeah but unfortunately we can't really in our society it's hard to do art for art's sake because we all have to survive and the the structure of capitalism you know what i mean like i i'm not smart enough to really like articulate this well but there's no (laughs) we live in the real world we don't quite live in in the barbie Barbie world yet we're gonna wish we're gonna get to barbie land soon so yeah so oh that's actually one thing i do want to say by the way I think if I think if all of our political leaders were women, that would literally improve the world. I know I know people yeah. like I know people roll <laughs> the rise. They're like they seriously people will roll the rise no, and say I, like I actually agree with you. Yeah, like people will say like oh you say. need to you need to change the structures, you need to change the incentives within the political systems. Changing the gender of the leaders won't make a difference. Yes, but also no. Yeah, I think it would make some some difference it would make a lot of a difference okay i yeah i mean i think there's truth to both sides of it and the movie acknowledges that yeah the movie acknowledges that it's wrong for for barbie to to not give any power to ken and because they don't give any power to ken once they discover they can have that power they take over and then it's a reverse situation Sylvie, I think you said this after the movie, but honestly, there's actually a lot of a lot of stuff in common with uh, this movie and like kind of like my Punk Revolution now videos sometimes, where like, oh yeah, you know and what I mean. This is some behind the scenes tea. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, you know, like a lot of my <laughs> videos, you know, and and like Instagram posts, like 
there are layers that are you know are sometimes satirical sometimes like legitimate and stuff like that but like mm-hmm. it kind of nests a lot of truth within like right. this this like satirical voice but actually there's truth yeah in there you know what i mean yeah so so kayo says things that like ultimately he, there's some truth to what he's saying like he genuinely believes what he's saying but he does so in a manner that's like very cringy or satirical like you said earlier and i think a lot of artists do that too so i mean that's that's how i feel barbie did it you know what i mean like they were saying like very cringe cliche millennial buzzfeed type uh feminist ideas not not throughout but like there are some lines that are like a little cringeworthy but i'm also gen z and to me i find that cringe but someone like i said like my mom's age or a millennial might not have the same reaction. Mm. You know what I mean? And you yeah. you pointed that out earlier. But yeah. but anyway, like I think there is truth to what the movie is saying about what it, how hard it is to be a woman, how impossible it is. But they do so in a way that's like super cringy, but there's truth to it if that makes sense. There's truth to it. That kind of actually in a way I feel like to get real meta with it is like there's also this underlying idea within the Barbie movie and feminism in general that like obviously patriarchy sucks for women but like the like women as they get older have to like deal with like more I guess you could say oppression from patriarchy because like you know for, for a variety of reasons just like literally aging aging the older you get the more you know disrespected di- you are yeah and I feel like there's this kind of meta analysis right here where like the like gen x and like older women's interpretations of feminism are like even looked down upon because they're like less they're like more corny and cheesy compared to like the younger yeah, gen z's and interpretation they're also not of feminism. like up up to date with the newest uh buzzword or jargon you know what yeah I mean? yeah so yeah like i think a lot of this the the gen the gen x feminism it just sounds so obvious to gen right, z because we just hear it over yeah and over exactly again. but that's actually like an, that's actually an achievement of gen x feminism you know what i that's mean that's really true i mean yeah gen x feminism and like feminism before it was super like yeah the just feminism wanted to be able to freaking 60s. vote you know well yeah that too i was thinking I was about ab- i was thinking anyway. about abortion which yeah, rip yeah. rip roe v wade but yeah. when roe v wade was achieved that was a huge deal for women yeah now now like gen z is now like, it's reversed now we're in like the ken yeah. ken land kendom we're we, in the kendom right now yeah guys. we we need to we need to revive that old school boomer feminism a little bit just so we could get the abortion rights back and then yeah. we can <laughs> then we can go back to then we could go back to debating debating and, like choice feminism on twitter yeah. or whatever you know as choice we, feminism is always a fun time yeah so we'll get there we'll get there but first we gotta get the abortion rights but anyway back. like yeah I, I was gonna ask you a question like is there any toy or or, or cultural icon that fulfills the same role with boys as Barbie does with girls? Um, I would probably say not, um, not, none that are like a perfect parallel, but there's definitely a lot of like, probably some like specific video game characters. I can't think of any specifically right now. Yeah. Maybe like Goku or something like that. You know, I don't know something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Spider-Man might be a good parallel. Yeah. Like, was there ever like anything like that, that really did like affect how, guys see themselves or like what they 
what their potential is or like how they might look appearance wise and what do you think um or do you think it's kind of a unique experience to girls it's probably unique to women because like every man superhero can do whatever they want and that's not like a insightful thing for boys <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, true. yeah uh i mean i do like i do appreciate and like when male you know f- figures in in media and video games and whatever are like respectful and you know like liberal or whatever yeah it's hard to find a good male role model too goku we all know this it's yeah. hard to find a yeah. good role role model for guys and girls yeah yeah so that's a good question though it's, i can't think of the very best parallel to barbie um you know like yeah, we, we've I got like gi joe you know yeah I, I, <laughs> committing I think war it's crimes just, i think it's it, yeah i think it's just a condition of of being a woman if that makes sense like this experience the this experience and like our relationship to barbie is informed by by patriarchy slash like women's place in society so i think it would be more difficult to have a parallel for guys who don't experience the same sort of things but maybe i'm wrong i don't know i I was genuinely like curious and i was also going to ask you like as a guy do you feel like you learned anything about women at all or like not not like anything fundamental but like maybe about barbie and and that kind of thing or i would say this movie was very insightful for um yeah yeah, I I can't even. I mean, it's okay. It's okay to say no. No, I, no. The I was answer just, is like curious if if anything like. I I guess I'll say this. Like I I guess maybe it's not like a specific fact or anything I've learned. It's just more like I feel like I've like, I I underestimated the like excitement and importance of like Barbie to girls. Even though you know yeah, what I mean. It's so important. Like I didn't realize it cut this deep that it was going to be a huge cultural phenomenon. And, you know, I think, you know, I I guess I can't think of any specific insights, but just kind of like this whole movie was just like a really refreshing and kind of nice, like, emphasis on, like, women and their relationship also just like to feminism and being a woman in general, too. Like, that's always like, you know. I agree. I just, I really, really want to see it again. I really do. I know. Honestly, Soph, like, sitting here talking about it, we've been going on and it's like, damn like this movie really actually rocks pretty hard it does you know? i think i liked it when i came out of the theater i thought it was there were like a lot of really funny parts of it i i admittedly thought okay some of this was like kind of cringe but then i thought about thought about it more and i decided that it's a movie for like all generations of girls mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. there's like different parts for different groups yeah and they're trying it's trying to reconcile all of them but it also like points out the differences and why they don't always work together yeah yeah exactly yeah i feel like it's you know if you're making a movie that that's connected to the the name barbie it better be a damn good movie right and they lived up to the name i think they did too i i I don't think they could have made this movie in any other way yeah, I, I, we t- go back to our first podcast episode or maybe second. Yeah, whenever. no, 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 no. It was the first episode. The first episode we did of the podcast, we talked about the Barbie announcement. And mind you, 
this movie was announced like seven years ago uh Amy Schumer was supposed to play Barbie. I'm kind of glad she didn't. I'm sorry, Amy Schumer. I just don't think it would have been as good. Anne Hathaway was also going to play Barbie. I, I think that would have served, but I also, I think Margot Robbie was like really good casting because she looks like a Barbie, you know, and she's also super sweet, great actress. So I thought she did an amazing job. Mm. So anyway, I've been anticipating this movie for a long time. So for it to finally be get made, is super freaking epic. Yeah, and one thing that was also nice too, just kind of, you know, my my kind of feeling was going into this movie, and I know this, we've kind of said this a little bit, is like, you know, there was like women of all ages, of all backgrounds yeah. in the theater, and there was like this, it was kind of like this feeling of unity. You know what I mean? Definitely, like, definitely. Like we're all here to, you know, celebrate Barbie rather than to like tear each other down or whatever. You yeah, know? and if you live in New York, Every day, like, since it came out, I've been seeing groups of girls dressed in pink and cowboy hats and, like, cute shoes. The limo we saw. We saw a pink limo. Oh, my God. Yeah, we saw a pink limo. And there were a bunch of girls inside. Some I saw one dressed like the Western Barbie. And, of course, we got well, we haven't gotten into this, but the costumes in the movie are great. Anyway, um, so I saw them and I said, in the movie, they do this thing where they're like, hi, Barbie. So I went, I tried to do my best Barbie voice. I said, hi Barbie or hi Barbie I don't know I couldn't I can't do it right now hi Barbie anyway so I waved and did that and I then they did it back I think all those were very good hi I'm Barbie okay hi I'm Barbie sorry sorry it's so fun to do anyway so it, it felt like a cute moment you know like everyone was just being positive and excited it was a it was a collective experience a few good sport boyfriends in the mix maybe some of our LGBT tq crowd were there so it was, it was a fun it was a fun vibe so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it was really nice to just it, it's definitely like a a fun event it's just cute it's cute to see like girls and women get excited about this thing and the movie together. is hysterical like it's really funny yeah the ken stuff especially will really make you laugh there may be there may be a few moments here and there where like I feel some of the jokes didn't land so well, but yeah, but I but don't now like we kind of talked about like generational differences. Yeah, Do you feel like yeah. that played a role? Because I feel like like or maybe it was just wasn't funny. I don't know. I want to receive. I don't know. It. We, we gotta receive it though. Yeah. But I guess we'll just kind of say, you know, ultimately both both Sophie and I gave it like. Four out of five on Letterboxd. I think I, I changed it to 4.5. So okay, there. see, this is interesting because, and we'll get into this, you know, both Sophie and I gave it a four out of five. Sophie changed it to 4.5 after sleeping on it. Totally understandable. I yeah. get it, you know. I change my scores a lot sometimes. Yeah, and then for like, I guess we'll get into Oppenheimer. We both gave it a four, and then, of course, I'm the guy who's changing it to 4.5, but whatever. Oh, you are? Yeah, we'll Ooh, get into it. We'll get into spicy. it. spicy. Yeah, we'll get into it. All right, so should we transition yeah i think so everyone just go see it well support feminist oppenheimer style Um, oppenheimer style all right well let's talk let's talk about the boy movie now yeah exactly now it's time to talk about the boy movie this is literally our podcast like girl and boy topics (laughs) i know well we have a little spicy news for everybody for every all right well oppenheimer so oppenheimer is how long is like three three plus hours three hours yeah yeah so this movie was really 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 intense 
very dramatic and heavy fast fast paced kind of what you'd expect from a like a a nolan movie about making the atomic bomb really true true. um i i think what i underestimated um and ended up actually liking a lot about it was the the like the the history like the the just like kind of bringing you back to like the 30s and 40s Mm-hmm. and and kind of like putting all this stuff into context because when you really think about it you know and there's like obviously a million books out there about world war ii and building the atomic bomb and stuff but like it is so damn dramatic and so intense that you like you can't even fathom like imagine being jewish and you are like a f- like in the frontier of science, literally learning about like the fabric of how our universe works, which is already mind blowing that you're living through this era where you're able to discover that stuff. And like I said, because you're Jewish, you, you're extremely disturbed and concerned about what's happening in Germany. Like that is just like all, like th- that. Th- and then all of a sudden, you're like put in charge of put to, of building an atomic bomb and the moral like. You know, and then also you've got your your wife and your your brother who are in the communist party, and you're super left wing, and you kind of like communism too. And then you're being spied on, like all these things just continue to compound. And it's like, how the hell is this real? It's so crazy, and it almost would seem a little too far fetched if it weren't for the fact that this is like actually very like this is what happened. Yeah, like postmodern. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the phenomenon itself. Yeah, yeah, super yeah. postmodern. So. It, it's it's crazy it was crazy so i i kind of i kind of spilled a little bit there yeah couldn't contain my excitement there but he loki spilled i kind of spilled, <laughs> spilled a little bit of tea i think yeah also i do want to say although this is a boy movie just because i'm a girl doesn't mean i didn't enjoy it because i literally in school like i'm about to get my history degree and my specialty was like japan during world war ii so i'm really interested in world war ii and the atomic bomb mm-hmm. so this definitely appealed to me as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like, so I feel like, and I don't know what you think about this, Sophie. I feel like ultimately this movie is telling like two stories at once. One is about yeah, like yeah, yeah. the very just like, here is the Manhattan Project from start to finish, you know? That's kind of like one story. And that's a really, really fun one. And obviously it kind of it builds up, it crescendos to like yeah. the testing of the atom bomb, which is such a exciting, fun moment in the movie you've been waiting for from the beginning. And they do a really good job like pulling off the excitement. And I don't mean excitement in a positive way, though it does get you to sympathize with yeah. their ambition and like drive. Not because... Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously, like, find the atomic bomb, like, horrific. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. like, it puts you in their shoes. It does a really good job with the atmosphere, the anticipation of it. The test scene where they test the bomb is truly incredible, I think. Like, you really feel like you're there. Yeah, like, you really you're... Do. You, we, we already, like, you know, we, we know we know how the test is going to be successful, but because we, like, you know, we know history. But, like, we were just sweating in anticipation waiting for just, the... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Seriously. Oh, remember Sophie when we left the theater and we, there was some guy who was like, "Oh yeah, did they do it? Did they build the bomb? Did it? Did it go?" <laughs> did it, did, you know, it was so funny. I know that was so funny. I feel like I've made that joke before, but I can't remember what it was about. Like, oh yeah, like maybe it was like a tight. Do not spoil Titanic, guys. Please don't. I don't know what happened. Like, 
yeah and he, he was like uh, he had like frat boy vibes so it was kind of funny yeah yeah frat frat boys once in a while if, if they sometimes they spill if frat boys know they their history good, yeah if they're a good feminist frat boy they're they can be pretty funny <laughs> they have a joke up their sleeves they now do and then so but, yeah. I, and then the other side and then the, sorry i just want to finish my uh, thought yeah, was go for it. one th- what that was one side of the story was that dr- that kind of straightforward from start to finish atom bomb build testing and then the other the other part of the story was like a lot of drama about Oppenheimer being investigated for possibly having communist ties, Oppenheimer's like drama with his relationships, like a lot of like personal drama that was a little bit more on a micro level. Yeah, so. yeah. And um, it's it's very ambitious, the whole mm-hmm. movie. It covers super, a lot of ground. Ambitious. You know, I, I think there's like so many names and so many people and so many, there's so much like kind of yeah. manipulation going on with the spying and stuff. That it would be kind of worth a rewatch to like grasp everything. I think we should rewatch it. I mean, I it was like a big ordeal like going to see it, but like, I definitely want to see Barbie again, and I I really want to see Oppenheimer again too. So yeah, I, mean, I think I would get a lot more out of Oppenheimer because I would know who is who. Yeah, and yeah. I would know like what's going on because yeah. some of it is kind of subtle, yeah. and that context that context is important yes yes like yeah like there is kind of like manipulation and backstabbing that goes on in the movie that knowing ahead of time would be helpful for watching the movie yeah like like any movie where you know there's like not a twist but you like know something's gonna happen and then you can pick up on foreshadowing or subtle clues i think that always makes a movie more enjoyable when you watch it again yeah and you pick up on those things because it you're more you have a, a a more intimate understanding of the art mm-hmm. you know exactly I mean? exactly you can think about it and appreciate it in different ways exactly exactly so that you know that and i think the i think the drama is really really phenomenal yeah. i think the, the acting so the good. acting is phenomenal yeah. you know i i loved there's so there were so many like amazing moments in the movie i loved seeing albert einstein in the movie it was just yeah, he's, the, he served it was kind of funny he just yeah. like Oh my god, yeah. So like near the end of the movie, he sort of like popped out and like everyone in the theater started laughing. And this isn't like a movie where you're laughing a lot, right? No, no. Uh, except for when Josh Peck, right? Yeah, Josh Peck. I forgot Peck, his last name. Josh, Josh Peck. Peck just shows up and he presses. Josh Peck yeah. is the one who hits the red button to shoot the bomb on during the, t- the, it's the, so the first funny. atomic bomb test. Yeah. So like that that garnered some laughs especially from kayo and me it wasn't supposed to be a funny joke in the movie it was no. just the audience couldn't help but laugh because albert einstein is a and funny guy also uh i forgot his name but the guy who plays roderick in the diary diary wimpy kid movie oh, yeah, that's is right. in it yeah and it's so f- to me i feel like that also shows like kayo and my like generational difference a little bit because when i was watching drake and josh i wasn't super into it because i was a little i think i was a little bit young for it Mm -hmm. just a little bit but i watched it and you were you're too old for diary diary of wimpy kid which is like a classically like gen z thing not that you're i feel like you're more of a cusper I'm on the cusp of gen z and millennial while sophie is gen z solidly gen z yeah which is this is like an aside but like growing up i thought i was a like when i was a little kid i thought i was a millennial because no one talked about gen z until like a certain point Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anyway sorry that's like just no that's probably what generation alpha feels like right now yeah they think think they're they're gen z Z, but they're not anyway sorry uh i got distracted by that epic shower thought (laughs) epic shower thought. Um, anyway what were you saying uh 
Well, I was going to say, you know, the movie covers a lot of grounds, but I would say the thing that really, I think, and probably Sophie would agree, I think the best moments were when they leaned into the emotion of... Yeah, that's my main criticism, actually. Yeah, like, the I think when they lean into the anxiety and emotion surrounding the very, very ambiguous morality of building an atomic bomb. Yeah, and also the very real consequences yeah. of that. Yeah, there's one scene we don't want to spoil too much. You'll know what we're talking about when you see it. Yeah. There's one scene where let's just say Oppenheimer's like it really sinks in the consequences of the bombing of uh you know the it's cities in scary. Japan and it's horrific. It makes you want to throw up. It's, it's so, so, so it's a it's a really scary scene. Yeah. It's a really I think it was a definitely the best scene of the film besides i think the test i really like yeah. that scene yeah but i think this was the best scene of the movie because it showed and also did you notice like you know when the students are like sort of like bouncing their feet up and down yeah. do you remember they showed that like earlier in the movie or the sound yes, of that yes. or, like yeah the, i remember and i that. wonder like i was like okay why did they do that yeah me too and i'm yeah. thinking like mm, that must be like oppenheimer's like anticipation of of like the prestige he might get from it, the fame, but mm. also the, but also I feel like the, it, it sounds like applause, but it also sounds like an explosion. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's sort of like a dichotomy. Yeah. There was a lot in the movie, a lot of subtle details like that, yeah. that like, you know, Worked like well. create some subtle anxiety kind of gives this like, just really, really subtle like sounds and visual cues that yeah. that kind of go into like, oh my goodness, we're talking about a freaking atomic bomb right here. Right. The end. The very. I love the very, very, very last scene of yeah, the movie where you know I don't want to spoil it, but again, again, leaning into that emotion yeah. and anxiety that Sophie and I like and wish there was a little bit more of in it the movie. It shows the scale basically. Yeah. yeah and, exactly. And, and sort of like a vision into the future, if you will. Like that's like a truly terrifying scene mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like oh, the visual yeah. of it is just it's really simple but it's really freaky yeah. um and throughout the movie i just want to say real quick yeah. throughout the movie one thing that's in the back of your head and i kind of said this at the beginning is like this is real like yeah, the atomic yeah, yeah, bomb yeah, exists now like this is real like we bombed japan we have atomic bomb. like it's like it's that's like yeah. it, it takes a heavy movie that's already makes you want to puke from how heavy it is and then makes it 10 times heavier because it's freaking real and we're yeah, living with and the that, i mean i think that's the theme like the theme i think of the film is super simple it's it's i think the theme is really simple and that doesn't mean it's bad i think yeah. some of the best films have very simple themes which is that Actions have consequences and you can't undo things. Yeah. Super yeah. simple theme, but but also very significant to to human life. Yeah. Um it there's like this like ripple effect motif, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like once you create an atomic bomb, there's no going back. People are all all countries are gonna make their atomic bomb if they can. Yeah. And yeah. they're just gonna make them bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. There's no undoing it because once you do it, everyone else has to. Exactly. And I actually think the movie does a really good job of presenting the facts of how they how how things really were, um, and not necessarily like sticking with one specific bomb equals really really you know like immoral of Oppenheimer to contribute to building yeah. you know because it's like they do a good job of showing like. You know, he was Jewish. He was very deeply concerned about Hitler right. having a bomb. He, you know, like, and to me, that's very sympathetic. It is a sympathetic, yeah, it is sympathetic. You know, I'm sure people might critique the movie as, uh, you know, not being 
pro bomb enough, not being right. anti bomb enough. I think it does a pretty good That's job. That's not really what it's about. Yeah, it's, I think it does a good job just showing the history. It's it's. I feel like it's more about. Well, there's no changing what happened, right? You can't yeah. un. It's yeah. the literally the movie's literally about the fact that you can't undo things once they're done. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I don't think it's a question of whether like it was pro bomb or anti bomb because it okay by the way it's not pro bomb at all no yeah exactly. whatsoever it's yeah. not it does not glorify the bomb yeah, at yeah, all yeah rather it, it it shows like the sheer terror and like heaviness of it yeah yeah they do a really you can't fan- deny that no they, they they do a fantastic job they make harry truman look like an asshole yeah they, <laughs> like they, a dumbass they make they make uh you know oppenheimer like seemed like he was kind of manipulated in a way where he initially thought it was going to be for the Germans. And then now, Oh, right. it's being used on Jap- Japan after Germany's already yeah. surrendered. Yeah. You know? Cause if you take a step back, if you're a Jewish person who is on the left and you see what's going on in Germany with the Jewish people, the Holocaust, and you, you know that if you don't work on this, so they're going to do it instead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it it becomes a lot easier to understand why he may have involved himself with this project because it's like either you do it or they do it first yeah. and do or have die a, you have exactly and you have a moral incentive to do it because you are jewish yeah yeah so and and even if you're not jewish you can you can recognize that the germans were committing atrocities yeah exactly so it it becomes a little more clear not necessarily Mm -hmm. like sympathetic or like endorsing it like saying it's it was a good thing to do but you're you're able to understand why Mm -hmm. and and they definitely emphasize the like the impact of judaism in 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 this decision yeah not not in a negative way but just because the concern with the Holocaust and the Germans. But once it shifts to like, once Hitler dies and it shifts to Japan, you feel the anxiety mounting and you feel the shifts in morality and, and it it gets a lot more real. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But like before it's like, it's almost more of a fantasy. Like Hitler's obviously evil, right? Yeah. Like the Holocaust is obviously bad. It's like more of a, a heroic fantasy. And then once it shifts to Japan, it's a little bit, murkier because it's very it's a lot more real and like it's not like some evil boogeyman like hitler you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and this is not to say that japan were like like as someone who studies japan during this era the japanese military was committing horrible atrocities horrible horrendous atrocities that a lot of people don't know about so japan wasn't innocent but i think that its civilians were yeah, yeah. So it's horrific. It's it's really complicated, but it's horrific. Yeah. And I don't think most historians um, have a concrete. There's no consensus. Consensus no on consensus. whether or not it was it was it was right or wrong. Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating. It's a really fascinating. It's just fascinating and intense. And you know, I love you know just kind of again. You know, another moment that I think really does a fantastic job reflecting the nuances and complications of this whole story that are are legitimately nuanced was how Oppenheimer initially early in the movie super super left wing based dude dude's basically a communist you know and going to like communist parties yeah and and he's like like 
yeah, organizing like union strikes and stuff. He's super, super lefty. And he's like very clearly someone who would deeply oppose the nuclear bomb. But like as the movie advances and as he gets deeper into this Manhattan Project institution and like things get more and more real, he kind of like pragmatically shifts more to like the center. And then yeah. once they actually drop the bombs in Japan, he's able to kind of like rationalize that as like a good thing even though you know he also mm-hmm. opposes it and then but then he also kind of shapeshifts back to opposing the hydrogen bomb which is like a, a bigger more dangerous than you know bomb than the atom bomb and they even kind of like criticize Oppenheimer for that it's like okay you're just shapeshifting you can't get sympathy for feeling bad about the people who died in Japan when you also contributed to making the bomb but now you're saying you oppose the hydrogen bomb like you're just kind yeah. of like an opportunist you and know what I mean it's, it's a it's kind of understandable no I'm I'm pro Oppenheimer in this movie I, I relate to him I, I sympathize with him a lot yeah I mean it, yeah we're not pro bomb by the way but no one yeah. in this movie is really pro bomb there's no pro like maybe there's no pro bomb are, even even uh you know even the people who dropped the bomb i think you know well i guess maybe maybe there's like some civilians who are dumbasses who are like yay we got to get revenge right, for pro harmer they don't have like all the information no and they and they don't really have a huge role in the movie besides like no. very briefly you know yeah my main criticism is that i think it it would have been better if there was more surrealism like the most surrealist scenes were its best, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think Nolan films do that a lot. They have like a lot of, well, maybe they don't. I don't know. I like, like I'm, I'm thinking about like my, f- probably my favorite Nolan movie is Interstellar, which is also, also deals with science. But I find Interstellar to be a little more compelling. And maybe it's because I'm, I don't love biopics despite loving history. I just, I think like it's more difficult to do surrealism or like more like, I don't know, like mystery and like some metaphors and like, you know what I mean? Like with um, a real event, you can do it and he did do it, but I I don't know, maybe like the selfish part of me just like wishes there were like more surrealist scenes like that one scene where he's like giving a speech. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that I agree. I And, and you know, I know the there's like this very we've talked about this like you know and they they don't show really any japanese citizens or japan at all and that's probably a realistic reflection of what it was actually like to be an american citizen and and hearing the news you wouldn't you wouldn't see any japanese and i said this earlier but like i think that was very deliberate that they didn't show the bomb actually dropping in japan i mean and literally like there's a scene where they're showing the images to Oppenheimer and the other scientists. Yeah. And Oppenheimer literally can't look at the images and the film kind of places you in his shoes there where you like, you can't look. There's like a cognitive dissonance. There's like this detachment. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah, exactly. I think and maybe they don't need to show Japan, Japan or just Japanese citizens, but like, I agree that like surrealism could have filled that space in order to continue to kind of like just ramp up the the, the, hor- the, the yeah horror of it. the horror of it the emotional heaviness of it you know because yeah. like those were the best parts of the film the film covered a lot i'll say this it like was the, super ambitious the, the film covered a lot and i feel like the stuff they covered 
ranges from like great to incredible and yeah. the only critique would be i wish that like they emphasized more of the incredible stuff i feel like some of the drama with like you know his his like wife yeah, and cheating bo- with his wife boring. it's like yeah they could have maybe made the, ki- the the female characters a little woman the woman in the movie a little bit more interesting yeah, you know I what agree. i mean it was, it was like kind of cringe well not cringe but like kind of boring like i, th- I found those characters to be pretty shallow and while they are important to to the story, I think that they weren't the most interesting parts of the film. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's not because they're women. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just how they happen to fit in this specific story. Because, admittedly, like they weren't really. I don't know. I I don't think they had the largest role mm-hmm. in the Manhattan Project because of the time it was. Anyway, it's like yeah, <laughs> it's like guys, we need more women making the bomb. Guys, yeah. <laughs> like feminism. I'm just well, kidding. yeah, yeah. No, I don't, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's totally understandable that there's going to be more, you know, screen time of men than women. But it would have been nice if, when there were women on the screen, yeah, that th- things were just a little bit more interesting. You know, because I mean, that you, didn't. As a woman, it didn't really bother me. It that didn't. Much. It didn't bother. Okay, fair. But like, literally, okay, literally, just from like a, a movie perspective, like if you're gonna have Oppenheimer being a womanizer, a big part of the movie, yeah. make that part of the movie more like. You know, I'm sorry, but like Oppenheimer feeling bad about like this one affair he had is just a lot less interesting than Oppenheimer feeling bad because he contributed to like hundreds of thousands of people dying. Yeah, there's like a difference in scale. Yeah, like th- that's just like so. True. You know, I'm not saying Nolan should have like cut the the womanizer stuff out, but like like I said, it's just like that stuff was fun and good, but I much preferred other things happening in the movie, and it just covered so much 100%. stuff. Hundred percent. So. So yeah. yeah. I- I don't know. It's I think it's hard to derive emotion from biopics. And for a biopic, I think it was pretty successful at doing that. But as far as like, okay, where does Oppenheimer, like, where is Oppenheimer in, in the catalog of Nolan? Like, where does it stand? I have to think about it because I feel like his other films have a lot more, um, they just like resonate with me more but I think it's because they, they're they like about more like abstract concepts, even though this movie is very abstract, like it's postmodern, whatever. But like, like, for example, like Interstellar is about like love as a force. It's got that daddy daughter relationship that always gets me. I like how it combined science and emo- like emotion, like, like super advanced science with like some of the most like fundamental primitive emotions of a human together and there's like a lot more like I don't know mystery and uh abstract it was it was it got really surreal like you know at the end of Interstellar when like her dad in the future is communicating with her Mm-hmm. through books like when she's a little kid like yeah the it's like it's kind of like a mind frick right but it's like su- it's also like really emotional and like fundamentally it's it's just about like a a father's relationship with his daughter which i i appreciate to me that that resonates more with me it, even though i i love history and this is like my favorite era of history so I would put this movie in my top three of Nolan's. Really? Yeah. So what's your favorite? What, what, what's what's, I, what's your other ones there? I would say, and I don't know exactly what's one, two, and three, but I would say my top three would be Memento, oh, uh, yeah. Dark Knight, and then this one. Really? So so you preferred this over Interstellar? 
I prefer this over Interstellar, and I also prefer it over Inception. Can you explain why you like it better than Interstellar? I'm not judging, I'm just curious. <sighs> well, I mean, I really, really like Interstellar, so it's not it's not because I don't like Interstellar. I just, I, I think this movie just covers so many of, like, my very favorite things that uh-huh. I love to see in movies uh-huh. and just amps it up to, like, 10 and then just has it from, like, like, I... I really, really love, like, politics. I love history. I know you love yeah. all this stuff, too. But like you said, you don't really like biopics that much. I do like biopics. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, okay. I, that, that makes sense. Yeah, That makes yeah. sense. I'm not a huge fan of them. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather just, like, in general, I'd rather just, like, read about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or yeah. see a documentary. Yeah. But I, I, I get what you mean. If you like biopics, then this is, like, definitely the movie for you because it, it has, like, all that's good about a biopic and then, like, combines it with, like, the the epicness of a Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. And one thing I do want to also say, too, is I think this movie does a really good job of portraying American communists. Like, I think you're going to watch this movie and generally, like, like american communists and understand that they're you know they're just you know like they're they're just like intellectual you know hippies who just want to make the world a better place they're not like scary and they make you feel really bad for the american communists when like the mccarthyism steps up and it ruins oppenheimer and his family's life so like i think is i think it's a really important part of history is to see how how terribly communists in america have been treated and understandably to an extent, so uh, I mean, a communist spy did, after all, infiltrate the Manhattan Project and and you know share secrets. So it's not like all the you know the the fear from anti-communists was like completely out of thin air. Yeah. But I love how they they make it so clear, like this, like America's government was like basically fascist. So I think it does a great job criticizing America a great job you know kind of removing the stigma of communists and communism in America and but also it's not like you know you know pro pro super pro it's not like it's not like it's like no it's not and and a lot of those well Oppenheimer himself yeah although he sympathized with the left but ultimately I mean despite the dilemma he was in despite the situation he played a role in the dropping of the bomb. Yeah. And it, it's kind of an impossible situation, but that doesn't absolve him of, of his role in that. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not, I don't know if the, I'm not saying he was good. I'm not saying he was, well, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? He's guilty in a way. Yeah. He has some guilt to bear. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And I, I, I think it's, I love, I just love that. I think that's a really hard thing to convey. It is. It in is. a movie of like, you know, th- these are things that there's really no right or wrong answer. There's no, there's no, there's no. like, like the answer, the question is of, is Oppenheimer like a bad person? Like that's a, that's like a, a moral question that like you can't like solve with a math equation. You know, all the movie can do is just give you the facts Yeah. and you can, you'll see it was a really complicated situation, Yeah. you know, and like, yes, he is guilty, but also if you were in his shoes, you'd probably do the same thing. You know? I mean, maybe, maybe not. I really maybe don't, not. I really don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's, but it's, yeah. who knows? But for one thing's for sure, I've seen this online. This movie is not pro bomb. It, no, it's, it's not. It's not to say it's pro bomb just because it humanizes the people who worked on the bomb doesn't make it mean it mean it's pro bomb. 
no, no. It's it, it's there's literally no point in the movie that makes the bomb look good. There's literally none. You know what I mean? Yeah. There yeah. is no point in the movie that's like, yay, let's drop bombs. It's I mean, it's yeah. literally like it shows the terror of it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At most, they will say is like this bomb is going to end the war and help us bring our troops home. And the bomb yeah. is ultimately going to like, you but know, that was a perspective. That was a perspective. Time. Yeah, exactly. It, that's a, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was, yeah, that, that's exactly right. It's just, it's like, they, they just, they give you the kind of utilitarian pro, you know, bomb has, was a net positive argument, but they definitely don't, shove that down your throat and they give you a lot of the anti-bomb and a net positive isn't a full positive exactly and yeah. also that's literally how they had to reconcile with what they did yeah exactly and they, they do have that too. to justify it. they have to justify it to themselves because they knew what they were doing <laughs> you know yeah what I mean? yeah but they had to they had to separate it they had to compartmentalize mm-hmm. that yeah and they even say in the movie you know, people are saying this bomb isn't to end World War II, but this bomb is the first strike in the Cold War with uh, yeah. Stalin, and it's really just to scare Stalin. So they address all of it. Like, every single they really, angle, they really, they really do, address actually. all of it. They really do. And I, I think that's phenomenal. And, you know, there's a reason why historians to this day still debate it. Um, yeah. And I think, this movie, yeah. You know, I, you know, I think this movie gives you the whole enchilada. It's a very postmodern question of morality mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. where it's like you morality really morality is gray well yeah I, okay let's bring back as a culture let's bring back gray areas barbie barbie was the barbie was very uh not gray where <laughs> patriarchy bad matriarchy good but no, that's okay because well no well no well they should they should because matriarchy is good and patriarchy is bad well that's your opinion. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, anyway. If Oppenheimer was a woman, then maybe maybe this movie would be five stars and maybe maybe we'd be yeah. we'd be pro bomb. This isn't wasn't this book like based on the I mean, it wasn't this movie based on the book American Prometheus? Yeah. Right, so there's yeah. like the they start the movie out with the the quote about Prometheus stealing fire from the gods mm-hmm. and how destructive that was. There's also the theme of like um the Garden of Eden, I think. Like the you know, like the apple, the tree of knowledge, like he like injects the apple with cyanide. Mm. Like, there's like a lot of religious motif in the movie. And the classic line, I am death. I've become death, the stro- destroyer of worlds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. So like there's no like this is not a propaganda movie at all. No. It's, it's really not. It's, it's really no. true to the history, I think, and the nuance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, it's it's. uh yeah, I, I think that's really hard and really rare, especially with the topic this complicated. Yeah, and, um, super hard to do. I mean, I, I loved it. I loved it, you know, because if they mm-hmm. if if mm-hmm. they would have just if they would have excluded the possibility that the bomb was really more for Stalin than for Japan, you know, yeah, that would have been a huge bummer. If they would have, yeah. you know, like I think I think like they really did their best to make sure you get the whole. Um, yeah. So I like that. Yeah, I, like I feel it. like, I don't know, that reminds me of like being in high school, like history class. And when we talk about the bomb, they they always like neglect the like Cold War side of the things. Yeah. It's like yeah. to end World War Two. It's like they had to do it, blah, blah, blah. So I'm glad that this movie didn't take that route. Yeah. Yeah. Both both movies, both Barbie and Oppenheimer could have flopped by doing the conventional, but they instead did not do the conventional. 
Mm-hmm. They, they exactly, exactly. They didn't do like the obvious, easiest thing to do. So I, I guess all in all, given that this movie tells you all the facts, yeah. it's probably to like it is probably like ultimately to the left of where like the um, the bomb sits in the average American's oh, consciousness. For sure, for but that's sure. only because reality sits to the left of the average American's consciousness. That's true. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like you're convincing me to bump up my score too. Oh, good. Well, so, I'm glad. Well, I'm, I'm I glad. Think we, about it. I really want to rewatch both. We'll rewatch. We'll rewatch both of them. Sophie, so we got we got some movies. To, we got some movies to watch. I'm pro rewatching movies, by the way. All right. So <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Useless ass thing. To no, say. I mean, like honestly, Sophie, it's pretty rare that I see a movie in a movie theater. And then I'm like, oh my god, I want to rewatch that ASAP. That that only happens when I really like a yeah. movie. So I feel like me with the Hunger Games. When yeah, true. But I was also twelve. So anyway. okay. Well, <laughs> both these movies were yeah we yeah both of these bo- both of these movies were I think phenomenal. I think both these movies are classics. I think both these movies yeah. are movies people are gonna be revisiting forever. Yeah. And I think the Barbenheimer phenomenon exceeded the hype. Both the of these bar- movies yeah. are freaking awesome they're both completely different it was a really fun weekend we are we're 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 the barbenheimer Barbenheimer is woke brutalism to its yes yes to its it's to the t so yeah if you're listening inherent it girl (laughs) true (laughs) check that episode out everyone yes okay so yeah anything else well um wait sophie weren't we gonna were we gonna do a thingy um Oh, Sophie, we got to do our Patreon episode of Glee. Oh. Remember we said we were going to do that and we didn't do it. All right, so. Well, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. Okay, we'll we're do gonna it. We're going to do a Patreon episode about Glee yeah. and more stuff to come. So Everyone, check go, out our Patreon. go subscribe to our Patreon. Thank you for all our subscribers on Patreon. Thank you Thank for all you the people so much. following Thank on, you. you know, blah, blah, blah. Y'all are awesome. Yeah. Go check out these movies. Support feminist art and support. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm at my most capitalist when it comes to movies because I love the art of cinema. So true, yeah. true. All right, Anyways, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. for listening. This has been Bye. Business Network. Bye.